You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Chalk Time, here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BitQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. All right, because Shine was so invested in Monday Night Football, i got to be honest, I don't know where he stands this morning. I know he was texting me when Melvin Gordon's prop hit, but I also know there was a, a, a needed some Broncos action last night to close out a big tease or big parlay. Good morning, Chris Shime. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, Mud. I am good. I'm okay today. Okay, so where where did we end up with? Uh, we know Melvin Gordon got it done for you. They threw yep. to a lot of running backs to the Broncos last night. A lot of checkdowns for Russell Wilson. Um, where do we end up in the the tally? Was it a good night or a bad night for Chris Shime? Uh Overall, it, it kind of broke even. Unfortunately, um, I. I you can actually follow if you if you're on the Action Network app at all. I've started keeping track of my bets in there. They, oh, they have a, they, they have a bet tracker. I made sure to follow you on there, so you can go ahead and follow me back. Uh, so I'm technically up 1.66 units, not including my uh, my teaser loss and my early four and a half Denver loss because uh, I didn't have the Action Network app at the time to keep track of my bets. But, Wait a second, I got two Chris Shimes here, oh Christopher Shime and Chris Shime. Uh, it's the username should be Chris Shime underscore with you with a backwards hat on. Yep, Boom, that's there me. we go. Oh, yeah, look at Tyler Devitt's on there too. How about that? Oh, we'll have to get Tyler. TD. Devitt. Look okay, at that. there you go. So uh, ultimately, the props I gave out on this show, or the the picks I gave out on the show yesterday, all of them cashed. The under hit, Cortland Sutton over yards hit, Melvin Gordon over receiving yards hit. All three of them hit. Nice. Easy money. It was wonderful. Unfortunately, my teaser fell flat on its face thanks to a Broncos. Uh, inability to control the clock. I just I don't understand just that. Unbelievable. Uh, they unbelievable. also went for a play that has a four point eight percent success rate when they could have gone for it on fourth and five, which has a forty nine percent success rate. Uh, at least it, that's what the success rate was last season in the NFL. Um, so you know they could have done that. Instead, they tried to kick a field goal, which has been made two out of I believe it was like forty something times, whatever four point eight percent is. Um, and then. It's just it's it's upsetting because my teaser would have cashed as long as the Broncos won. That's all I needed, uh, and they couldn't get it done. And you paid two hundred and forty million dollars for a quarterback to put you in range for a sixty-four yard field goal. Yeah, I get that there is, and I, I don't think people listening to this podcast would fall into this category. But there is a, there's a certain football fan shine that is still um, they, they're not ready to buy into analytics. They're not ready to buy into you know the aggressive nature of coaching. They hated that Mike McDaniel went for it on fourth and seven on Saturday. I don't think they're listening to this podcast, but I mean, you don't have to be super analytical to recognize what Nathaniel Hackett did last night. Was dumb. Was like was uh, was borderline and it was embarrassing and borderline coaching malpractice. Yep, 100% is what it was by letting that clock run down, by only taking that, letting that get right put the timeout, the all, all letting the clock run down, um, the field goal attempt, not going for it, uh, not going for a field goal earlier. Like there were just so many basic coaching mistakes and it, w- it was fun to watch the post game I, I, I wasn't heavily invested last night at all but it was an interesting game and I, I wanted to see if the Seahawks going to hold on you know Geno Smith got out to a great start and I wanted to see Russell Wilson on the road how does it end and it ended with Nathaniel Hackett being a boob like yeah. I, I don't need to see much more and it's and crazy is, to me it is it is hyperbole I get it but you're not going to find a worse coaching debut than Nathaniel Hackett last night. No, and, and it's crazy to me because Wiggy and I talked about it this morning on the Greg Hill Show. It's like every coordinator on earth should 
in a final drive scenario, know, okay, if we fail to convert on third and five, are we going for it on fourth and five or are we kicking the field goal? It's very simple. You should know ahead of time. You shouldn't then have to come up to the line of scrimmage and eat 30 seconds and then decide to call a timeout. No, what you do is you call a timeout right away, you get your best play in, and you run your play. It's that simple. And it's I just the fact that they went for the field goal there, it just it makes no sense to me. You have Russell freaking Wilson. You paid $240 million for this guy at quarterback. You have one of the most electric running backs in football, another reliable running back, two receivers who were having great nights, and tight ends that decided to come out of nowhere, or at least one of them just literally appeared out of thin air in Andrew Beck and decided to catch balls he never should be catching. And then Albert O was pretty good, and a guy that people kind of had high hopes for, and yet you just decided, now nah, we're going to try and kick a 64-yard field goal. What a freaking baboon. What are we say, doing? I will say this. like I know you mentioned the no-name tight end and Beck and, and the, the Broncos and Seahawks both threw to a bunch of no-name tight ends last night. Yep. I, I was thinking, like, these guys I've never heard of. And it was Beck. And who's the other guy for Seattle who scored with the long hair? Uh, not Disley, the other guy. No, um, not, not, not du- Will Dusley because he's uh, absolute dust. Colby Parkinson. Okay. So I get that I've never heard of those guys. I have to be honest. When Parkinson scored, I, I turned to my – I think it was still awake. Yeah, turned, no, I might have texted somebody. I don't think my son was awake at that point. And I'm like, these guys can get no-name tight ends in the game. Bill Belichick can't figure out how to work with Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. So there was part of me that was jealous that they ran these misdirections and plays that freed up tight ends. And it's like, why won't the Patriots do that? Do you why why the, aren't they doing that, Sean? Do, do you want to know the worst part? Mutt, can you tell me how many tight ends Russell Wilson targeted within that game last night? Uh, at least four. Four yeah. tight ends. Yeah, at four, least four of them. Yeah. yeah what okay. are we doing? What are we doing? Wait, these are you, guys, are you saying that's bad? Yes. What the hell are we doing? Why are these targets going to Eric Saubert, Eric Tomlinson, and Andrew freaking Beck. To his credit, Beck made an good. unbelievable I, I, catch down Beck, the sideline with one hand. He looked better than Hunter Henry. Yeah, but he, <laughs> all these guys looked better than Patriots tight ends. But why are we throwing to these guys when you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon? I just don't. It, and why is Mike Boone in the effing game? Why? The two running backs are plenty. Like, it's. It, I just. It, it was the uh, it's the old argument with Brad Stevens. His bench is too deep. Cut it down. Get a better rotation in. What the hell are you doing? Be a little bit more efficient with the players you're choosing to get targets to. Get them to your playmakers. That's the job. That's what you're supposed to do. And I'm just I'm oh it was it was infuriating watching that game at points. Well, for you especially, like I think the the world. I think a lot of people, and I'm sure it was a great game for Vegas because I bet you. There were so many parties. 92% of bets yeah. were on the Broncos. Yeah, and I and I did see, and I, I should have tweeted this out at the time, because uh, you texted me, like, the entire world was in the Russell Wilson over bet, and thank God it was minus 150 and, I, and never moved, because yep. I didn't get a chance to lose on that, which was nice. Um, but the other stat I saw, that Monday Night Football dogs the last 20 years are winning at, like, 65% week one. Yeah. And I thought, is there a chance? And now I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But the contrarian nature of betting might have led people to just bet the Seahawks blindly because the so, the public was so much on the Broncos last night. A hundred percent, and uh, I think John Ewing tweeted it out. So that's NFL, who it was. Yeah, NFL that, I love Week John, One yeah. betting recap. Yep. Favorites were ten five and one straight up, but eight and eight against the spread. Yep. Favorites of three plus points were three 
and seven against the spread, and then teams getting fifty plus percent of the bets six and ten against the spread. Yeah, fade the public. Hashtag fade the public, and that's why it was interesting last night. You know, I wanted to watch the whole homecoming and. I do have some season-long investments in, in best ball and, and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I want to see how that's going to play out. So it was a very interesting game. We didn't get the Monday night doubleheader. We do get it next week, Sean. Just looking this morning at week two, we get the Monday night doubleheader for week two, not week one. And I saw the commercial sure for why. that yesterday, and I, I found sure that why. very, very weird because it's what? We had the Vikings, is it Vikings, Titans, and then Bills and somebody else on Monday night next week? It is exactly that, and I will tell you because I'm scrolling down to it as we speak. It is Bills-Titans, I'm sorry, at oh, Buffalo. Okay. Uh, then you get Eagles and Vikings. Oh, Eagles-Vikings. That's what. It, that's going to be a so, great game. Yeah. Uh, it, it real, I mean, it should be. You have, uh, two talent. I, mean, I, I, the, the, I don't know why we're getting it, but I'm just giving you ahead of time. We have two next Monday. Can so. I also make an edict? And this is just because oh. I have to get up super early. Uh, I think the NFL, like the Tennessee-Buffalo game next Monday, should start all primetime games at 7.15 or 7.30. I'd be fine with that. I, 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 why, are we start, why are we not kicking off until 8 effing 30? Why? What are we doing? I don't know. Well, they want it in primetime. And it was jarring, oh. and it worked out well because they really are really good. And I think you tweeted this out. Uh, it was it was nice to have a real broadcast. In oh, Buck and Aikman are the best. Night. They They're really so are. good. They, they joined SVP after the game. It was a good conversation there. So uh, I, I apologize that the Broncos could not get it done, but Mary Proppins 3-0 in props is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, pretty, it, pretty good. if I'm going 10-1 and in props every week, I think we're we're in okay shape, even if my picks aren't the best. And I and I still went 1-2 and two with my picks. So you know what? I'm I'm wheeling and dealing over here. Uh, admittedly, I have not even done a, like a real, uh, not even deep, forget deep dive, not even a real light dive into the week two slate as of yet. Now we get Chargers and Chiefs on uh, Thursday, Patriots, Steelers, one o'clock in Pittsburgh. It sounds like Mac Jones is going to be okay. He told the media he's going to practice tomorrow, so it sounds like he's going to play. So I have no early leans. I have no early locks, no early ideas, nothing yet for week two. Uh, most of our week two stuff will start on Wednesday on this show, Shine. Yep. But I'll defer to you. Is there anything you've looked at already? You know you're going to be playing here in week two in the NFL. Uh, so we talked about it yesterday, and this this total just keeps moving down. So I'm kind of glad I got on it early. The Patriots Steelers total is now down to forty and a half. Um, I, I, Makes I, sense. I'm st- yeah, it, it's going to keep going down. So that's why if you want to get in on the under, get in on it early. Uh, I ended up teasing that under, so I get it up. I got it up to forty seven. Uh, Patriots Steelers under 47 with the uh, Bengals uh, laying a half a point uh, against the Dallas Cowboys uh, in Dallas because without Dak, you're talking about Cooper Rush. There's no way Cincinnati goes 0-2 against Mitchell Trubisky Mm -hmm. and Cooper Rush. I just can't see it. And I understand it's the home dog thing early in the season again. I'm probably playing into that trap, but I'm just, I can't imagine Joe Burrow goes 0-2 against those two quarterbacks. Yeah, my only caveat, and I'm not trying to talk you out of this now, uh, is I I watched the Dallas pass rush against Brady. It was really good. Micah Parsons is awesome. And there might be a chance that the Bengals' revamped offensive line Still might not be very good because they Pittsburgh was all over Joe Burrow yep. in that game on Sunday. And so I I understand what you're saying, but I do have concerns about Cincinnati's offensive line. I thought they'd be much better this year, but Week One did not produce that. Result. The good news, however, though, is what you did see it's from the Buccaneers. Uh, Leonard Fournette had 127 yeah. yards on the ground. Joe Mixon is better than Leonard Fournette, so I kind of expect a big night out of Joe Mix- or and big Mixon. Mixon was Joe super Mixon. involved. They trailed most of that game, and Mixon played a ton. He had in 27 carries. He had more carries than Joe Burrow had pass attempts. 
Like it's he had twenty seven carries. And they were and Joe trailing. They were trailing yes. the entire game. And that's what I mean. And, and Joe Burrow said it last offseason that they're gonna get mixing the ball more because they know they're gonna face a lot more too high safety. You're probably gonna see Dan that's exactly what Dan Quinn's gonna do with the Dallas Cowboys. And so Joe Mixon is gonna touch the ball a ton. So um so so that's why that's what I went with early. The other thing I'm looking at too is I'm actually looking at uh the under in Chargers Chiefs on Thursday night. A because it's a Thursday night game, so it's short rest for both teams. I understand that Mahomes just lit it up, Herbert just lit it up. It's a division game. These games always go under. Again, it's a Thursday night on short rest, and the entire world is going to be on the over because that's what they want to see. So my initial lean for Thursday night is the under, but I'm going to do some more research. Yeah, uh, I will tell you on Thursday if you can keep if you live in a state or you have an opportunity to keep refreshing, waiting for this to pop up. It's not there right now. It was there to open, and it's now down again. Um, and I noticed there's a bunch of different prop bets. To their credit, DK posts up nobody else posts. Yep. Uh, and they posted a Skyball receiving prop. They've taken it down. Just keep an eye on that. Uh, I'll be curious to see it. He only had one uh, catch uh, in week one. I suspect there's a bunch of guys like this, Shime. I have a list of guys that including Sky Moore and Al Robinson, guys who were not involved in week one that I expect because of the narrative will try to get fed more in week two. Uh, and Sky Moore is on my list, and so I'll be, I'll be. If you folks see it, tweet us, uh, tweet at us, and let us know when it's posted yep. at BeckQL Boston. Uh, anywhere in the the low to mid teens, I'll be hitting the over on Sky Moore receiving yards uh, on Thursday night. But it's, again, it doesn't exist right now. I'm not giving it out, but I'll be looking for it. And hopefully, between now and Thursday, they do post it. I expect him to be more involved. If I think it's going to be more of a shootout and less Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I want some Sky Moore shares if I can get them on Thursday night. Cool, love it. I'm also invested in him for Rookie of the Year, so maybe yes, I'm wish casting it, wish casting it into uh, existence. Uh, Red Sox and Yankees tonight at Fenway Park. Uh, you have 12 home games left, I think. So if you want to see Xander Bogarts in a Red Sox uniform, I want to try to get to these games uh, in the next 12. It's Garrett Cole and Nick Pavetta. I don't trust Nick Pavetta at all. Uh, my first inkling was to go to Garrett Cole strikeout props. He had f- 14 strikeouts last time out. And unfortunately, uh, they have jacked this thing way up beyond belief. You Over bet, six and uh, a half at minus one seventy five. Seventy five, Shime. Okay, so I, I can't do anything with that right now. Okay, I, I, I can't touch it. So I've got to go to player props offensively. There are a couple of guys who both hit very well in their careers against uh, Nick Pavetta for the Yankees. One is Josh Donaldson, three career home runs. The other is John Carlos Stanton, eight for twenty. Uh, with three career home runs. Uh, I don't mind either one as a sprinkle on the home run props. Donaldson is plus 340 to hit home run. I think uh, Stanton is uh, either 280 or 290. But I like both their total basis props at Fenway Park. We've hit this quite a bit during the year. Uh, these uh, Getting these uh, opposing players at Fenway Park where there are more doubles annually at Fenway than any other ballpark because of the monster. I like total bases on Donaldson at plus money. I like total bases, John Carlos Stanton at minus 105. So I'll be using either one of those two, I believe, for Mutt's Big Bed tonight on the broadcast. Uh, and you really, you can't do anything with minus 175, Shine. I can't. I know some people can give that out. I can't. He's projected to have some more eight nine strikeouts. I can't lay the minus one seventy five. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the the Not bets 20. I like. Uh, I'm going to go with Devers over one and a half total bases at plus one twenty. Uh, okay. He just owns space in Garrett Cole's head. He's like sure the one one Red sure Sox that does. does. Uh, the other bet I would like to play, especially if the number changes at all, it's under fifteen and a half outs recorded for Nick Pavetta. Unfortunately, it's minus one forty five right now. If that comes down at all, like I, I'm fine with taking 
under 14 and a half outs like he doesn't get to through full five innings he's only got I mean he's only gotten through exactly five innings twice in his last three starts and he got through three innings so like and the Yankees have an opportunity to mash here so like you said I don't have a lot of faith in Pavetta so if that number moves at all I'm I'd be very okay with playing under 14 and a half total outs uh, for Nick Pavetta. I'm even okay with laying a little bit of that juice for the under 15 and a half, especially if you can, if somehow that gets down to like minus 135, then I'm like, yeah, I'm in. All right, so you, I, I like where you're at there. Uh, we'll take a look at Donaldson and Stan. And there's some wet weather in the forecast, so I would not, they'll probably get the game in tonight, but I suspect that it may start late, so keep an eye on that. If they do start and get delayed, it could affect starting pitchers, which is one of the reasons yep. why when there's weather in the forecast, Shime, I tend to shy away from the, the pitching props because a guy could start and then have a lengthy delay and then not come back and you're just you're screwed. So, yeah, so that's why I, I don't re- think it's the case. If but, I go under outs recorded though, then I'm cashing everything. So yeah, that's uh, true. so that's kind of why another reason why I would like that as well. Uh, anything else, Chime, for the people on this uh, kind of middling Tuesday? This is kind of our, our 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 bridge between week one and now week two in the NFL. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm just I am. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying football being back. It's it's making me very very happy. No games tonight though. Come on. No, I know, but you know you got to have a couple rest days in here. Mm. Today is my day where I start to turn the page to week two. Uh, I'll I'll listen to uh, I'll listen to some podcasts uh, about the lines, the early lines, stuff like that. I'll, I'll get my fantasy news. This is when I like to focus on fantasy. Is Tuesday because the waiver wire is so important. So uh, so that's kind of what I'm focusing on today. And then by tomorrow, it'll be uh, full on into week two uh, gambling research. Subscribe, rate, and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course the Odyssey app. We post uh, the. Uh, if you subscribe, you get it right to your phone or your, your listening device uh, automatically, which is one benefit of subscribing. We also yep. post it when uh, we do put it up on Twitter at BeckQL Boston, BeckQL Boston, uh, and we'll have uh, a deeper dive on Patriots Steelers tomorrow. We'll have some Thursday night ideas as well, and some more Red Sox and Yankees. Chris Scheim, excellent job out of you. Get your research done. We'll talk Wednesday morning, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Can't wait. See ya.